David said, uh, you have, you must have the best, like, podcast, getting on a podcast story. The, the notion that you heard somebody's voice, pegged them as a podcast host, and then later wound up on their show is the best meet cute you can have on a podcast. And, oh. and, and he knows from these things, having, like, weaseled his way into several podcasts right. via email and you know the sort of more normal I mean, I my way more normal too. means right but like he didn't just like bump into somebody in line getting a, a hoagie somewhere and like say oh my god you you run that podcast uh 20,000 leagues below the sea don't you and they're yeah. like oh yeah of course it's a good episode. Are you the famous Instagram person? <laughs> Main Street Mermaid or whatever the hell their names are. Um, you got to get into the box. You got to get into the couch. You got to get and into the, the whiskey. And this is the first time I've recorded this podcast with the sun out. It's unbelievable. I, Thank I mean, you, Daylight Savings. Yeah. Also, usually I work out before I come here. And I was like, such a Garfield Monday. I'm like, I cannot do it. I'm just going to go straight to Gabe's. I've recorded in the sun before, but usually it's like 2 o'clock on like a Sunday. And I'm no, I love like, it. I'm already five drinks in I somehow. can't wait to see the sunset. Hi, kids laughing. That sound of kids laughing tells you that you are either dangerously close to a playground at sunset or you're in the crayon box. Ooh. You're in luck. It's the latter. Don't go in that playground without adults. Without only. without kids. Unless supervision. you're with a special adult. Without yes. kids supervision. I mean, you know, that's that is a rule in playgrounds. Yes, New York City playgrounds. You are not allowed to go in that playground without a kid. Don't be near a playground without a kid. No, like, you could be next to don't, it. Listen, I mean, don't stand outside of I it. Ke- I keep it. I keep it moving briskly past most playgrounds. Um, I understand. Out of just, you know, hey, you gotta you gotta you gotta watch out for number one. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, you are not by that shady ass playground. You are in the crayon box, you are at the bottom of the box. You might be dangling a little bit, you might have gotten caught at an angle, somebody rushed to put you back in. Or but... you're at the bottom of the box and all the crayons are on top of you, but those crayons look taller than normal. That's right. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, they're sticking out. You can't even close the top of that box because somebody's no. down there blocking the path. Oh, and then you gotta take them all out again and redo so it. So if you're an O C D kid like you know, I was. The, the thing about that one at the bottom is it's it's always running around it's always moving around, rubbing on things, right? It's, it's usually it's, white. Shaking around at the well, it's of color course, it's you white. color yeah. you don't use a neglected crayon, a color that it's the you, only you time don't realize white, is missing. white is neglected, and it gets all dull down there, it gets all dull rubbing against the inside of the box all that time. And you know, that's who we are we are the dull crayons. So, welcome aboard. And Diana, uh, I'm joined happy a, spring, happy spring. And Diana, I'm right here. We come to you tonight with an important question, yes, how many chuggas? Before choo-choo. You know, this this has been the question on everyone's mind. Everyone's mind. I mean, the two questions are, how is Donald Trump still president? Sure. And how many chuggas do you say before choo-choo? It's... Here's me... It's... If I can, it's, it is like... Uh, there used to be another question. Before the Donald, there was another question. It was, uh, how many licks... For- how many licks to get to the center of a how Tootsie Pop? How many licks does it take to get to the center of a... Oh. <laughs> 
but now or, it's or how what many came first? Chuggas. The chicken, the chicken or, or, the, or egg. the egg? Sure. Um, sure. For Questions me, you don't hear that often if anymore. If I'm going, if I'm if I'm sing songing, chugga 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 chugga. Choo choo. Well, you just did like twelve or, or fifteen chuggas. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Well, if I'm just talking it, it's it's chugga chugga choo choo. Okay. That's two chuggas. Okay. But if I'm singing, it's like five. Okay. Well, I, if I'm reading the little engine that could, well, that that's that's whatever the book decides. When the fuck was the last time you read the little engine that could? We I don't bo- know that I've ever read. We that both bitch. know who loves that oh, book. Oh God. Oh God, you're right. And, but I don't know that I've ever read that bitch front to cut, front to back. Like this, I would skip over some pages. If you if read I the little that engine that could, today. that it, book is boring. It, it, if you read the, the it, exactly and to go off that, that shows what the attention span of children were like. Right. Like in my grandparents' generation. Right. Pretty good attention span. Yeah, it's easily nobody, like nobody. Easily twenty-five pages. No kid can sit happening. through that. Yeah. 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 No way. And like a paragraph of words on each page. That that thing is not light. Yeah, and and then it's written in like eleven-point aerial. And there's font. repeating books like there wasn't a lady who swallowed the fly, but at least that's funny. This is like. And the train pulled this, and the train pulled, and the little, the little doll with bright blue eyes and blonde hair, and the what? Oh God! Yeah. Anyway, I how mean, many chuggers do you think? The other thing is, uh, can we? But well, before we even get there, the, the the whole thing about anthropomorphized trains too, like yeah, unless you're Thomas, I don't even want to see a face on you. And even if you're unless Thomas, you're your Thomas, face is creepy AF. Well, no, they're definitely creepy. But, like, you know, I get the whole train Sona thing. I, I get that people want to be their own trains or whatever. Thomas is it. Like, we don't need any others. You know, like, if you're going to personify the sun, he you're either that... He could be on syndication forever. He's If you're going to personify the sun, you're either that baby from fucking Teletubbies or you're an Eric Carl son. That's it. No one else gets to put, you know, smiley face on a sun. We're done with that. We're not putting shades on it unless you are the the cover of a Raisin Bran box. You know, okay? That's the only sun that gets to wear shades. Every time I draw a sun, there are old <laughs> shades on it. Like, and the thumbs up. One of the rays is a thumbs up. Wait, that is why? how I draw a sun. Why does the sun have a thumb? <laughs> Eyes, I get. But there's no, there's when no I body. Draw a sun, there's no arm. He has aviators and a thumbs up. Oh my god. And and two scoops of raisins coming out of the other seven yeah. arms that it has. You you literally just made the sun into like a Hindu god that's got, you know, a scimitar in one hand. Or he's like ready to party on the up. Jersey Shore. <laughs> oh, I see. Your sun is like if uh if if Corona came out with like a new ad campaign. Cartoon ad yeah, campaign. Yeah, cartoon ad campaign to, to sucker kids in the way that Joe Camel used to sucker kids with in. With his vagina face. <laughs> Do you know about that? His camel toe lips. Oh, do you know that? <laughs> no. Oh my god. His face is a vagina. I guess yes. I can see it now as, as yes, you're and, telling it. And to me. somebody told me that in high school, and I remember I was like, I guess we're on like the major Deegan or something. Like me and my parents were driving and we're stuck in traffic. And there was a Joel, Joe Camel ad, and I stared at it. And I'm like, oh my God, his, his a vagina. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you say it, it's one of those things that I can't unsee. It's like that optical illusion. Once with you the, see it, I don't the know old if the lady new... the, or the young lady and the witch. And then once right, you see right, the right. witch, or you're the, like, the done. Vase or two faces. The Vaz or two faces. Or, no, right. honestly, like, 
I don't know if they would do it now because maybe like that maybe they caught on that Joe Camel had a vagina face. But look at ones from the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know he's not. He uh, he died in the nineties. I mean, we said goodbye. Did he actually die? Well, no, they got Did rid of him. Did he get cancer and die? They got rid of him because they were like. They were forced to by the federal government. Because of his vagina face. <laughs> no, because no, because it he was, made smoking look cool. Yeah, and it was and it was very obvious that that was their intention. Like they like they had whatever what? the '90s version of email was. They had faxes sent back and forth to each other that are like, "Ha ha! Isn't it so great that we're getting eight-year-olds to buy cigarettes because they see." camel dollars sticking right. out you know there's literally like right. monopoly money in the damn cigarettes right right and there's this cool camel in a leather jacket with sunglasses on playing pool and like that's every eight-year-old boy's fantasy right, riding a motorcycle um right yes exactly but good artwork uh, great artwork little bit little bit off the topic props to the guy who did the joe camel airbrushing <laughs> in the 90s back back to huffpo uh, which is where we get this uh, question of Chugga Chuggas. And this is from uh, uh, March 19th, 2019 by Elise Wanshell. Well, here's something new to get all steamed up about. A Reddit user recently posted a seemingly innocent question to the subreddit uh, Too Afraid to Ask, and it blew up into one of the greatest debates of our time. How many Chuggas are you supposed to say before Choo Choo? Quote, I've always said two, but now my kid is saying three. Chugga, chugga, choo, chugga, 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 choo, choo. No, it's definitely I, you two. You can't say three. I literally couldn't even, my body couldn't say three. They're an idiot. Your body had a visceral reaction yeah. to two. I just however, watched you do it. However, my kid's preschool teacher says one, and it pisses me off that there aren't enough chuggas for a chew. How's the train supposed to go anywhere? Let me try chug. Chugga, choo, choo. No, that's wrong too. It has to be an even number, people. Here's the thing. You tell me the last time you rode a fucking steam train yeah. <laughs> in the United States or any country. Well, Why are we still pushing well, dead technology on kids? It's the same with dinosaurs. Why are we learning about dinosaurs? Diana, I, I, can, I can tell you exactly the last time uh, these people rode a steam train, which is never, which is why this adult parent thinks that you need a chugga in order to get momentum for a chew. This parent does not know how trains work and thinks that somehow the sound is what is propelling it through the air. I freaking love Reddit. I love Reddit so much. Reddit for RuPaul's Drag Race is everything. Uh, but this, 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 uh, this seems to connect then to like several other iterations of a similar question. So from there we get... Um, the importance of the Batman song in this situation. And someone says, my rule is the same number of chuggas as we do for the Batman cartoon theme song. Can you give us... Batman. Right. So I don't think That's two da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
I would only go with eight if I was singing it. Right. Chugga, 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 Right. Chugga, Stretching chugga, it out. Right. But even then, I, if I, like, I lost count. So. If like, but, but that's because you were going too slow. You got to you gotta feel chugga, it. Chugga, 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 chugga. No, but like, you know, like when you watch Dumbo it's and like, like the chugga, train chugga, chugga, is, chugga, chugga, Casey Jr. is tired. Your chugga is too like seductive right no, now. No, no, no. It's very slow Here, no, this and is my like Disney sultry. Brain. This is my Disney brain. In Dumbo, Casey Jr., the train, is like struggling to go up the hill. Okay. And he starts slow until he picks up speed. And it's that song, Casey Jr.'s going down the track. Is he at the same time whispering, happy birthday, Mr. President? Because that's what you were just doing. And then he then he like gets at the top of the hill. He goes chugga 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 chugga, and then the song starts. Casey Junior's going. Okay. Whatever. Ride the damn train in Disneyland Paris <laughs> or in Disneyland, and you can hear the damn chuggas all you want. Chuggas in French, man. DLP. I, I like your Paris. point though. I like your point that you know a a a magnetically uh, propelled. Uh, monorail or a, a bullet train. Right. Shinkansen. A Shinkansen, does, as does they call it in Japan. Doesn't have any sound, frankly. These things whisper through Dude, the air. I've been. <laughs> Except for the sonic boom that happens. I've been on Japanese bullet start. trains many times. I've been on quite a few Shinkansens. It is going so fucking fast. You look outside and it's blurry. Like right. everything is. It's right. crazy. Like right. you were going like. 250, 300 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fast. And it's they don't need any chuggas before they quiet. choo choo. And before I mean, you get on the damn train, there's a person in white gloves like vacuuming it. You see it. Like it's so clean. Dude, shit. Yeah. Why, America? It's got to be clean because I you're can going, get to Florida in four hours you're on going, this thing. You're going so fast that, you know, God forbid there should be even a speck of friction somewhere. Whole thing just flies off the rails. I can literally sun. get to Florida. Like, if this thing was in Penn Station <laughs> and it took me to Florida, it would be faster for me to do that than go through TSA, than go on the plane, wait at the gate. Why are we doing this? Because we're uh, America. I, I don't know. This is America. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so uh, now that we've gotten to the bottom of the chuggas, uh, important to Yeah, that conversation's again, dead. That, that's we over. Are, that's over. We are, we are the Dolcrans. Uh Diana has given us a plethora of topics uh, that we're going to get to yeah, tonight. Just, I don't know. March was lit for Ed News, and yeah. I kept on finding them online, sending them to Gabe. I'm like, I wasn't planning on doing an episode this quickly, but there was just so much Well, we good had to content. get to the bottom of the chuggas. The so chugga was the had, first article I said like, as a joke, but it was so funny. Anyway, um, but another one tagging on... So this episode on... has been curated by Dazzling <laughs> No, Game. it totally has. It, it has in every way. But but this other one tags on to a conversation that uh, you sent me very apropos, um, b- tagging on to a, a conversation we previously had mm. on this show regarding styles of parenting oh. and, and the naming of styles of parenting yes. and... You know, basically the the this notion out there that this this zeitgeist that everybody's parenting wrong, they're Every, doing it wrong all the literally, time. Literally, like they're doing it 90% wrong. Ninety percent of that. Like, Sorry, if, parents. If you don't think, if you're a parent out there right now and you don't think you're doing it wrong, you're a disaster. I because love- clearly you're not reading the internet enough. Because everything you're doing is wrong, according to these people. No matter how right you think you are. I'm gonna tell you something. The humble parent is the best parent. I have this mom and dad this year. So nice. They're like, hey, this is our one kid. We don't know what we're doing. Oh, tell yes. Us, 
tell us what to do. Yes. And she took notes at the conferences. I said, hey, this is what, and I, and I, and I, and I will rat out on your babysitters. Right. And this is what your babysitter isn't doing that your babysitter right. needs to be doing. Right. And blah, blah, blah. And let me tell you something. This kid was a pain in my ass. She's turning it around. Right. Because her mom is helping her. Right. But if you're going to fight me every step of the way, guess what your kid is not going to do? Turn it around and make it better. Totally. No, you're, you're, you're bringing up an excellent point. It's, it's the parent that, like, wants to learn and recognize that, like, but then also parenting wants to... is a learning thing. That, right. like, you have to learn to be a parent. It's not just, boom, the baby shot out my vagina, and now I already know right. exactly what to do. Don't even think about telling me how to raise my kid. Right, and I think there's, like, this huge movement or, like, or, like, idea that, like, you're the only advocate for your child. Yes. You need to advocate for your child. So right. it already, you already set up. When you hear Right, when you hear play. that, like, yeah. Def, yeah it's de defensive. It's it a is. defensive That's play from is. the jump. And when parents hear that, they automatically start advocating for their kids when they don't, their kids don't need to be advocated for. Right. So Every automatically the teacher becomes the enemy. Well, the teacher becomes a nail and the parent is the hammer, right? Right. Because the parent is thinking... Everybody out there, if they have criticism one or if they have feedback at all, it must mean that they're attacking my child. Right. And I've got to nail that down. Right. Right. And like, I can't have a conference with like, if you ask me, what do you want my kid to work on? Right. I'm going to have to give you some, I'm, this whole conference is going to be like, oh my God, Jimmy's the greatest. He's like, you can't make a better child. Like, that's not even a thing. Also, here's the other rule. We're just going to put this one out there, then sure. we're going to get to the reading. Sure. Um, the other rule is... I always tell parents we, how to parent on yeah, the show. And, yeah, and but <laughs> that is a rule. Um, but the other rule is, just like how you're always told if you're going into, like, a job interview, have a question that you're going to ask the, the right. interviewer. We, as teachers are never going to go into a parent conference without something that we're going to tell you that your kid could do better. Right. Or something that your kid could work Be on. Be prepared. Because, yeah, because we look like schmucks if we say, oh, no, there's just nothing that you should be doing. Or, like, everything right. is going great. We look unprepared. We look like we don't know your kid. Yeah. Or like we don't want your kid to succeed, or like slackers. And I'll so be, we're always gonna have it. And I'll be honest with you, like I'll be like your kid is in the highest reading group, right? In the whole class, and they're doing great, and they're way above grade level, right? But if you want to challenge them further, they can work on when the first vowel goes a walk, yeah. in, like you know, sure, or two sure, vowels sure. go a walk, and the first one does the talking, like total first grade stuff, right? But your kid is ready for that, and you right. can work on that at home. Yeah, you well, don't have to. But you want something, right? Like, or whatever. I mean, my my usual one when when here's some apps you can download. My usual for the, one for the air for your private jet ride to the Bahamas. Like, I don't know. My usual one when it comes to like the advanced students in the class is I go completely the other way as far as academically, and I just go, yeah, you know, your kid is your kid is really strong in this and that huh. highest group, highest group, blah blah. Um, they could work on their tone with their peers. Sure, sure. They, yeah, definitely that too. Uh, they're a little aggressive, um, and they need to learn the difference between aggressive and assertive. 
right? They need to right. learn a little Bo- bit, yeah. like, what a leader looks like. Which means bossy. <laughs> Your kid is bossy. Well, I'm, not, I'm not allowed to say bossy. No, because, I know. Because everybody already sussed out that I was talking about a high-achieving female. Right. And, and obviously, I'd be, uh, I'd be so sexist if I said bossy. Um, but no, that's one I taught. That's one I learned a long time ago. Uh, uh, how to say, uh, walking the line between aggressive and assertive. So that you can still be like it's not like you have to be a, a sub all of a sudden, right? But but you can't just fucking yell at everybody else and tell them what to do, you right? To, you have to enroll them in your yeah. thinking, enroll right. them right. in Enro- your play. That's a good one. It's a good one, right? I like that one. <laughs> enroll them in your thinking in your play. But anyway, so let's get to how parents are doing it wrong this time. This time it's oh. the maligned snowplow parent. Oh, yes, yes, the snowplow parent. So this is How Parents Are Robbing Their Children of Adulthood by Claire Kane Miller and Jonah Engel Bromwich, March 16, 2019. Happy St. Patrick's Day Eve. Today's, this is, uh, that was March this, this seems to be like a caption at the beginning just to let us know the terminology. Today's snowplow parents keep their children's futures obstacle-free, even when it means crossing ethical and legal boundaries. And now we get a story. Nicole Eisenberg's older son has wanted to be a star of the stage since he was a toddler, she said. He took voice, dance, and drama lessons and attended the renowned Stage Door Manor summer camp for half a dozen years. Where is that? I don't know. We'll look it up later. But she was anxious that might not be enough to get him into the best performing arts schools. So Mrs. Eisenberg and others in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, there you go, the affluent suburb where she lives, helped him start a charity with friends that raised more than $250,000 over four years. What's that money for? I don't know. Let's get to that. Oh, oh, sorry. Because so far it's not a charity. No, no, you haven't. They they haven't told us anything. This isn't a bake sale for kids with leukemia. (laughs) Uh, Not if they're raising that much money. It sounds like a GoFundMe. A quarter mil. That's a lot. That's a sick amount of money. Those, that's, that's, what do they got, pot in those brownies? No, uh, that's good. That's a good big Quote, sale. the moms, the four or five moms that started it together, we started it, we helped, but we did not do it for them, Miss Eisenberg, 49, recall. Yes, you did. We did ask the sponsors. Did we ask for sponsors for them? Yes. Did we ask for money for them? Yes. yes. But they had to do the work. So far, the work is asking for the sponsors and the money because we don't know what, what this they, charity what does. They, did they bake the cookies <laughs> that cost 50 grand each? She Wait, let's get to it. She even considered a donation to the college of his choice. Quote, there's no amount of money we could have paid to get him in, Miss Eisenberg said. Because yes, trust is. me. Just my, ask Dr. Dre. Because trust me, <laughs> my father-in-law asked. Well, you don't ask. You don't ask the host at a restaurant, how much money should I give you to get our table right now? You slip him the 20, or right. in today's currency, you probably slip him a 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get your not table. Good you don't ask, how much can I give you to get my grandchild in? No, or you write a check. You just write a check. For $100,000. You just write a check and hope that they take your kid. And you, and you might, Make you might sure find out it's not Make sure the last name matches, enough. of course. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right. So, wait, so, quote, uh, in parentheses now, Miss Eisenberg's son was admitted to two of the best musical theater programs in the country, she said, along with nine more of the 26 schools he applied to. Excessive. Okay. That's... We still haven't gotten to what the charity did. Is this a performing arts high school? (laughs) 
A performing arts college, I think. Oh, college. College has been on their radar since her son was in diapers. Quote, we've been working on this since he was three years old, she said. To apply, she said, quote, I had to take him on 20 auditions for musical theater, but he did it with me. That's 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 the operative word. Like, he did it with me. You're putting yourself over him doing the auditions. Anyway, yeah, but I don't feel like go, I did this. I supported him in it. But your mom has to take you when you're in high school. I get it. Wait, Whatever. wait. This is where we're getting to the point, though. I supported him in this. I did not helicopter parent him. I was a co-pilot. So you were a co-pilot of the <laughs> helicopter? Is that is that what you mean? Or did you like? Uh, okay, whatever. Um, okay, so then then the article kicks in, or perhaps a snowplow. Then it goes into what helicopter parenting is, um, and which we all know what that is, right? Taking it to the extreme, that means bribing SAT proctors and paying off college coaches to get children into elite schools. Uh, these are among the allegations in the college bribery scandal, in which fifty people were charged in a wide-ranging fraud. Uh, to secure college students' admissions to colleges. Um, but then we have, in its less outrageous and wholly legal form, snow plowing, also known as lawn mowing and bulldozing. Okay. So we need I all think these the snow words. plow is the best one, though. For, has like, become, especially for New Yorkers, you get that one. Like, that's just like a... It is good. No, it's, it's loud. very visual. It's loud. It's I don't know. Yeah, it's very visual. Well, and I I think the other thing too that that's better about snowplow than it than than with uh, than with lawnmower is that especially in the case of like bribing officials and like right. doing actually illegal things, like you kind of get this sense of like I'm the snowplow parent. I'm paving this path for my child, but everything in the periphery is just getting doused in snow, right? Like right. everything else is getting right. buried. I will bury any motherfucker right. that tries to come that's near my better. kid's path. Like I am the 1%. Right. I'm going to bury everybody right. else. Right. Yeah. No, right. that's that's why it's better. It like, is. It's Because when you're a snowball parent, you don't give a shit about anyone else's kid or the community. Or like, this is just not, it's funny. Because I work with like, you know, all these Chinese teachers and... It's really funny. Like they say, you know, when you when you sing songs with kids, it's always about how special you are right. and you're special. And they're like, when we sang songs when we were kids, it was always about help your community. Right. You are of one part of a greater good. Like <laughs> you are a cog in the machine. Right, right. <laughs> you but are like, a brick in the like, wall. <laughs> there was never a time where a teacher ever would have told me I was special. Well, I've, I've told like, this. Like, no parent would, like, my mother or father would never tell me I'm special. They'd be like, you're like everyone else, yeah. and you need to be yeah. better. I've told this I've told this to Pauline, uh, and I've told this to it's a, a, more a bunch of... a more honest approach. I've told this to a bunch of colleagues as well, and, and at first when I say it, people are like, wait, what are you saying to the kids? And then I explain. But I tell my kids on almost a weekly basis that they're not special. I tell it like right to their faces, you are not but the special. context of it is usually like, "Wait a second, hold on, guys. Jimmy just got packed up before anybody else did. Do you think Jimmy's special? No, he's not special. Did he work harder than all you motherfuckers? Yes, yes. he worked way harder. He was so much more focused. But he is not better than you. He's not faster than you. Like he's and he's then I like doing the expectations. And then, right, right. And then I like go give Jimmy a high five, and then they all want a high five. So then they're all like, "Oh great, we got to pack up faster." Like right. Mrs. Zucker says, "Get get our shit together." But it, but 
in the end, you kind of made Jimmy feel special. Well, no, it, that's ex- but 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 what did I praise him for, Diana? The expectation. I praised him for effort. He did the effort. No, he put effort in. It's not they, even effort. Well, but they were. The expectation is to pack up. But they were dilly dallying. They were chit chatting. They were doing whatever. Right. There was no effort put forth. By the way, this Kit Kat <laughs> dark that you fed me. Yeah. Not so good. Okay, so so I'm ready to move on to the Twix dark. So so let's anyway get, continue with your conversation. Well, uh, no, I I just want I just want to read there's what they no, say about there's snowplow. There's no snack bracket, but I'm just squeezing it. So in. the the snowplow has become the most brazen mode of parenting of the privileged children in the everyone gets a trophy generation. Right. It starts early when parents get on wait lists for elite preschools before their babies are born and try to make sure their toddlers are never compelled to do anything that may frustrate them. It gets more intense when school starts, running a forgotten assignment to school or calling a coach to request that their child make the team. Or like suing the district when your kid doesn't make the team, which I also saw in Florida several months ago. Um, Later, or like when your kid doesn't get picked my for dad, shortstop, my dad would have just said, sued. you're too short and you're not good enough. <laughs> like, okay, thanks, Dad. You can't coach height. You can't coach height. You can't. Um, I'm a 5'2 adult. I was never tall. You're never going to play center no. in the WNBA. I'm 5'2 is being generous. I'm uh, probably more 5'1 and a half. <laughs> you were 5'2 several years ago, maybe. Yeah, I'm shrinking as I get older, like my grandma's. Later, it's writing them an excuse if they procrastinate on schoolwork, paying a college counselor thousands of dollars to perfect their applications, or calling their professors to argue about a grade. I mean, anybody that's calling a professor to argue about a grade, whether that's the student or the parent, <laughs> you flunked immediately. Oh my god. Like, are you kidding? No, ma- like, honestly... I think this is more this is increasing the parents calling the colleges to like no your child is officially an adult now you cannot they can vote and hold a gun and kill somebody in right. in military like right. you cannot call a teacher and complain when they're in college cuz that's that's actually more embarrassing for your child than anybody there's there's a really great running gag and in, it just keeps on happening right there's a really great running gag in the show Archer uh, that um, that Archer's mother, uh, Mallory, who runs the spy agency that they work for, sure, um, she's always getting him out of jams, and he can't do anything for himself as a result. So they do they do show him in school from time to time, okay, and he's like struggling to take a test. He's like you know biting his pencil or something, and she's standing right there next to him, and she says to Archer like, "Let's get out of this cruddy school." Before somebody burns it to the ground. <laughs> and she's just threatening all of his teachers. And, I mean, the funny thing about it is the gag is he can't do anything for himself. And now the only place he can be employed is by his own mother. So I think the question that these parents have to ask themselves is, do you want your child living with you right. at 35? Yeah. Do you want them working for you? At whatever yeah, job sure. it is you do. Sure. Because what you're doing is you're taking away all their agency, all their independence. Like, uh, you know, I have I have kids, what, I have kindergartners that hand me packages to open every day, right? Open my graham crackers. Right. Open my this. And I turn to them and I say- Stab my juice box. Yeah, yeah, fuck no. I'm not doing that. You're six years old. You know how to do this at this point. Right. You're just being lazy as shit because clearly somebody else is being lazy too. It's the same thing with like 
you know, and I've worked in a lot of like very liberal, like, you know, arts, like what would be considered like a progressive artsy school. And a lot of parents, they're like, I want my kid to get that like critical think those critical thinking skills they get in like a progressive school. But I also want them to like be able to read and write and do math really well. So they send them to Kumon, right? Right. But the problem is what happens when they go to Kumon or one of those tutoring places or like places that do worksheets and stuff, it negates the critical thinking skills because you're they're already being trained to like complete a worksheet. Right. So when you ask them like a question like, where do you think light comes from? Okay, there could be a lot of answers. The sun. Right. A light bulb. Right. Like what? Very open ended. Right. Really open ended. There's kind not of one answer. And they're like, it's not an A, B, C, or right. D. And I have kids like this. They're right. like, I don't know. Right. Guess what? All the kids that say I don't know go to Kumon. Right. And it's like because they're stuck in that linear thinking. Right. And it's really like I know these parents want the best of both worlds, but you really have to choose one or the other. Do right. you want? your kids to just like be really academic or do you want like you just can't have both listen i i i really do i i i hate to uh over reduce these things all the time but i i really do think that all of this stuff comes down to like look they're, they're gonna grow that like they're gonna grow that critical thinking stuff as long as you do some of the right things early on and for me i think the right things early on are just like independence if you're just fostering independence all the time then they're going to have to think for themselves. Right. Because there's not going to be any other opportunity. So really, what we all got to be better about from right now on, okay? It's March, it's April 1st, 2019. <laughs> April 1st. Just teach those fuckers how to wipe their asses. Oh my God, if please. If you teach them at the age of two how to properly wipe their own ass, yes. I swear to God by three they could be reading at a C in Fontes and Panel. I I believe. I 100% I genuinely believe agree it. with you. Cause like they're but the parents are like, but they don't get all of it. Hey, let, let me tell you something. There's times that I don't get all of it. For real. And when but they like, go and when they go Because I'm rushing or what when they go on the slide. Am I dying? When they go on the slide 30 minutes later and they feel a little itchy in there, they're gonna be like, you know what? My butt's kind of itchy. Maybe I need to go back and do this again. Like, they're yeah. going to learn to tell the difference between getting it all and doing a rush job because you wanted to catch the end of Thomas the fucking tank engine. Right. <laughs> but, like, there's literally kids that, like, four, five years old, like, I've taken to the bathroom and they're done, number two, and they just bend over. I'm like, what are you doing? You have to, <laughs> yeah, 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 you yeah, have yeah, to yeah, wipe yeah, me yeah. now. I'm like... Are you fucking serious? It's 2019. You think I'm going to put my hand near your anus? Are you insane? That's right. Are you crazy? That's right. No. No. I don't care if I have a dick, vagina, whatever. Right. I don't care what gender or I don't sexual care what orientation have. I am. I am not going near that. <laughs> Wipe your own goddamn ass. Yeah. If you can ask for it, you need to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God. The parents are like, but, I, but it's not, you know, like they don't get it clean enough. Have you had a skid mark in your life? I bet you you have. Always. Did you die? Are you no. still here? Come on, people. Get it together. Yeah. Are we done with the snowplow? I think we're done with the snowplow. <laughs>
Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, snack report and uh, more we're doing with snack the report? Dazzling Diana. You, you, you need to learn the difference between a bracket or, or a report. Did I eat all the snacks for the snack report already? I think we're still okay. I think we're still okay. You understand we're not battling them against each other. There's Is not- that over? We, we, we're not. No, it's not over. Because it's the, April. The fans have to vote. Oh, because it's April. Did you try vote. all of them already? We have uh, we have several advancing. I, I, I'd really rather not get into the fan. I'm just having this. FOMO that other I, people ate the snacks over me. That's all. You're going to have to just listen to more eps, uh, Diana. To I do. Find out, more eps. To find out what's happening uh, in the bracketology. But okay. no, we will have a snack report and uh, more on the other side. Stay okay. Tuned. Diana, you discovered straight from New York one. You discovered a new a new plethora of Ed stories. Now, my caveat. Do you know why I was on New York one? <laughs> I. You mean you mean Spectrum one? Yeah. They renamed it well, after you, the worst cable company to hit New this York is City literally ever. Wh- this is literally why I went on it because, true story, but totally scary. We live across from Chase Manhattan Bank. Okay. The plot, like the big Chase Manhattan Bank sure, building. Sure, sure. And next to it is a giant, like, 17, 18 story residential building. Mm-hmm. And so in front of our schools is, is Chase Plaza, which is a public plaza. This guy, in the middle of the morning, jumped from the top of the residential building into Chase Plaza while we're all in school. Jesus Christ. Which is very scary. He actually didn't die. Oh my God. Which is so nuts. So there's a withering body. Somehow worse. Somehow worse. Withering body. I, it was really scary. But anyway, we closed all the curtains of all the classes. The cops came. The ambulance came. And it was fine. But I wanted to But then, what, of course, the rest of the morning, all the teachers are on their phones know, like, looking for updates. Right. Who's this guy? We're on Citizen. Like, we couldn't find anything about it. So, like, I'm like, let's go on New York One. And then all of a sudden, I found this, like, bevy of Ed articles from New York One. I'm like, you know right. what? Right. I'm going to find... Anyway, so this is New York... So, Spe- New York One. I'm now, now, my caveat... Is it literally called Spectrum One now? Yeah, it's literally called Spectrum It's not called New York One anymore. I saw, uh, when I was at the Bernie rally, there were vans for Spectrum One out there. Where was the Bernie rally? Bernie. Uh, Brooklyn College. Recently? Uh, it was the first rally to kick off the campaign, so it was a couple of months ago. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but uh, my one caveat with these New York stories, these New York One or Spectrum One Ed stories, is that they're always going to be New York specific. So that's my mm. one thing of like, I don't want to get too bogged right. down in them and this just become local chalk beat or something. But this is a good one. But this is a great one. Uh, this is a, a new new People campaign. People can relate to this. This is a new campaign by our new uh, chancellor. Uh, there will be no mystery meat, or any other meat for that matter, on Mondays at New York City public schools. That's because the city is expanding its, quote, Meatless Mondays program starting in the 2019-20 school year. Mayor Bill de Blasio and school chancellor uh, Richard Carranza made the announcement at PS130 in Prospect Park. Quote, Cutting back on meat a little will improve New Yorkers' health and reduce greenhouse gas emissions, said Mayor Bill de Blasio in a press release. We're expanding Meatless Mondays to all public schools to keep our lunch and planet green for generations to come. Uh, added by the Chancellor, Meatless Mondays are good for our students, communities, and the environment. 
Our 1.1 million students are taking the next step towards healthier, more sustainable lives. Our students and educators are truly leaders in this movement, and I salute them. The initiative will provide the system students with all vegetarian breakfast and lunch menus every Monday. Advocates say it promotes healthy, environmental-friendly meal options. A pilot program started in 15 Brooklyn schools in the spring of 2018. Diana, your thoughts? I just think in a public school setting, you're dealing with a lot of religions that don't eat certain kind of meats. So to me, it makes sense. I think, I mean, like we said with We Grow, they eat vegetarian lunches every day. Right. You're avoiding so many... I don't want to call them problems, but you know. Well, but you are. I mean, you're you're avoiding bacteria, right? Like you're avoiding like yeah. issues well, that there could be bacteria and other things. Okay, like... fine. You could get E. coli from chipotle lettuce, but right. like other than that, like you're you're with with meat. There's some dicey areas with like right. overly processed 100%. school meat. There's some very dicey health areas. Even if you don't wind up with the, you know, neurovirus or right. whatever it but is. But something like paneer cheese is delicious, but like, why would you ever serve that in a school lunch? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Right. I mean, you might turn some kids on to some, or they just won't eat on Mondays. I, I don't know. It's... I mean, I, I like I like what you're saying, though, as far as just like, you know, we talked about it with the trains and the chugga chugga and like, let's sort of evolve with this a little bit. Not that like right. everything has to change, but also we are, I think, I think Mayor de Blasio, uh, he's, you know, he gets a lot of shit and he should get a lot of shit. He's he does a piece get a lot of shit. Of shit. Um, but, and he's he, not uh, He does not know how to call a snow but, day. But um, I think that he's got his finger on the pulse in in a certain regard here in in the fact that like people are going to more plant based diets. Sure. And and it's not just the elites. We're not just talking about the one percent that are right. doing this. Like like nationwide, that is something that's happening, and especially in this city. You can buy cauliflower pretzels. Like in yeah. this city, I have seen being being a vegetarian starting in the year two thousand one. To now, 2019, sure. 18 years later, being a pescatarian now, full disclosure. But I have seen every single menu in New York grow as far as their vegetarian sure. options. From zero to like now half the menu, and if I, not more. And I, and I have as a wife of a vegetarian who's been a vegetarian since like 12 years old. Right. So, yeah. Thanks, Gio, for trying to outdo me there. Mine was 14, but okay. Whatever, um, whatever. But no, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, like, I, White Castle has been serving the Impossible Burger for oh, almost two so years good. now. And I just read today that Burger King is taking on Impossible Burger now, too. So there are plant Disney burgers. Serve, Disney serves Impossible Burgers, too. I had, I had a breakfast sandwich from Dunkin' Donuts at the Bernie rally. That had Morningstar bacon on it. Artificial Morning, bacon on it. Morningstar, no, that was really I bad for you. with Morningstar. Don't even tell me anything about Gio Morningstar She loves it, right but now. it's so it bad for you. It is the best shit. It is, it is vegetarian junk food. Oh, I mean, 100%. It is the it's so gross. It is the greatest It's so stuff. delicious, but it's like, just eat the damn meat. So listen. Just I, eat the mystery meat. Listen, whatever. Bill, no, okay. Bill, Bill and Dick, Dick, Dick and Bill, they're doing a good one here. I think we all agree. Meatless Monday sounds pretty good. I also like the alliteration. I, you know, I think. I also uh, think Monday's a cop out because that's like the day we have school the least. 
Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. I I was Martin just Luther going with King, the President's right. Day, like you're I right. Don't know. Monday is always the. Aren't day. a lot of Chancellor's Days on Mondays too, or no? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, you get you get you get some like PD days on Mondays. Yeah, yeah it does a, happen. It's like the Black History Month of school lunch days. Really, like it's the it gets the short end. That's of the kind stick. of fair. I mean, I've been I've been pissy all year because my uh, my my double. No, prep but here's day the thing. I think it's a good, or there's certain cultures that are so such meat based cultures. Yeah. Like a lot of Latin cultures are a lot of meat as, you know, and as especially a lot of, um, especially Chinese cultures, it's all they eat is meat. Uh-huh. So it's like, it's good to, for like. No, yeah. And right. Just, just that exposure to new things, right? Like, I feel like we could have a real Yoko situation on our hands. Yeah, Yoko, yeah, yeah. Yoko, for the record out there, does not refer to Yoko Ono. It refers to the Rosemary no. Wells book of Yoko. Yoko in which, I know exactly in, what you're I know you about. know in which a child uh, brings sushi to lunch, everybody yucks it, and then they decide to have an international food festival and other children. But when she wrote that like book in the 80s, like nobody sushi. was eating, no American, no people were eating sushi. Like, I mean, that, regular... that, that book probably brought sushi to our continent. Yeah, frankly. yeah. It's a <laughs> great, you, it's a great book. And so like, yeah, she's a Japanese cat. Because right. everyone's an animal in the book. In the books, yeah. And she brings sushi to lunch. Everyone yucks it. And then the teacher... It's really interesting. The teacher sees the issue. And then the teacher is the one that initiates the international potluck dinner. Right. And all these foods are brought. Right. If you ever do a potluck in your school, you it's, have to read Yoko before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love Yoko. It's a very... It's, it's very praiseworthy of the teacher, too. Because you're right. The teacher notices it... And if I recall, there's almost a panel on on one of the pages where it's like the teacher's looking out the window, and she like, stays up all and night. And she stays up all night thinking about she's how in, she's going to solve this problem. She's in school all night, like yeah. like a like it's a very it's a very yes, positive image of like of a how, teacher working a teacher, hard, uh, uh, but like working hard to like solve something that matters, not yeah. like working hard to figure out like how they're going to come up with the math problem for tomorrow. Yeah. Like, how are they going to solve this, like, social yeah, it's like, like, it's like dilemma a, it's like that's a three, happening in their class? It's like a three-comic yeah. square montage yeah, yeah, of, the, yeah. of the sun setting yeah, yeah. by the teacher's desk, and she's like, oh, and she's like... Yeah, it's, yeah turmoil. Yoko Just, is like, a great tortured book. by it. I mean, that's that's what we do. So the, uh, the only thing that I don't like is the mother's <laughs> pet name for her daughter Yoko is My Little Cherry Blossom. <laughs> Like, that is a little much. Like, we didn't need that, Rosemary Wells. Like, I don't know what her Japanese background is. I mean, okay, she's getting a pass from the Zoog. Uh, I'm giving her a pass. Okay, that's fine. Um, Give her a pass. All right, so Meatless Mondays. She's playing with some dangerous characterizations there, too. She's got, like, a raccoon. Like, I don't even want to get into, like, Timothy the raccoon. Or the the Boston Terriers (laughs) that are from Boston with their Franks and Beans. so Irish. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, it's, but it's going, subtle. But it's it's subtle. Also, it's like it's not like they're wearing leprechaun hats. No, or some no, shit. no, 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 no. Exactly, exactly. Like it. Here we are talking. Doesn't about Doesn't Timothy best... the raccoon make enchiladas? Oh, I. Thought, oh no, he no, no he's no. the American kid, the raccoon. Is he? Yeah, he's the one that makes the sandwiches at the end. 
I don't and remember. and they split the sandwich. And well, the he sushi. might be the American kid because he's just he like eats he the eats the sushi everything. cones. Yeah, right. yeah. First he eats everything. He is like just like scarfing everything down, like you know, an obese American child or yeah. a raccoon would go through the two garbage. teachers walk in a and bar then... <laughs> and start talking about Yoko by Rosemary Wells. And then uh, and then he turns around. and He's like, "Is there any fucking more real, sushi? Is there any real food left?" And Yoko's like, "I just got these cones here, sushi like, cones." What do you yeah, want? and he like and he tosses it up and. Swallows it all, <laughs> like a like a fucking boss, a fucking Timothy animal. the raccoon. Um, he is an animal. He's a raccoon. All That's why animals. he eats everything. Uh, so subtle. So this this uh, food discussion, courtesy of the snack report. Yes. On the snack report today, we have uh, something I've been stashing away for for a special occasion, and this is just that occasion, yes. Diana, because you found these and you said I must have them. Uh, would you care to tell us? I the was title really of this more snack? intrigued, like, because yeah. this can go either way. You're so right. Gonna... You sort of pussyfooted around them. I'll yeah, give you that. Pussyfooted around them. Okay, so we have um, this is by the Pop Tart registered trademark toaster pastries brand. Yes. Um, and I've never seen these before. These are the cherry Jolly Rancher Jolly Rancher flavored toasted Pop Tarts. So I'm really, really curious about these. But before we get into this, oh, also they're a sponsor of the Olympics. Which Olympics are those? Because I've had these for a while. I don't know. Proud sponsor. <laughs> oh, they expired two days ago. So oh, we better God. eat them today. March, thank God we're eating them off. March 30th, 2019. So I'm glad we're eating them. Um, anyway, uh, when, uh, at Disney, this is my... Pop. This is the only reason, my only Pop-Tart story. At Disney, uh, I worked with this woman. Her name was Diane Sawyer, but not that Diane not the Sawyer. Not Diane Sawyer. A Diane Sawyer. Um, she worked in Disney Entertainment with me. She was in her 70s and still can run, jump, dance, sing with the best of the 20-year-olds. I admired this woman to no end. But I have never seen such a shitty diet in somebody. Every morning, Diane would sit on the bench before her shift outside with her cup of coffee and a box of Pop-Tarts. And that was her breakfast. And she was from Boston. She'd say, you want a Pop-Tart? Oh my God, that is incredible. Never toasted them, but... Anyway, she... I, I like the name she died, untoasted Pop-Tart. She died suddenly uh, right. a couple years ago, and we all ate Pop-Tarts in her honor. Obviously. So, obviously. But anyway, every time I see Pop-Tarts, Pop-Tarts... I was going to ask if you could give I us I think one of Diane Pop-Tart. Sawyer, but not that <laughs> Diane Sawyer. Rest in peace, Diane. Rest you in will peace, always die. have a special place in my heart. Um, that's so incredible! That is All right, so story. the jolly here we go. So gonna... listen, I'm I, so you mentioned that these are just recently expired. Now I am I'm remiss to tell the fans out there that I have had these already. These are in fact the last two uh, because I finished off the rest of the box, and I am quite impressed because this is again this is mm. not cherry. This is Jolly Rancher cherry flavored pop tart, and to me, wow, this thing tastes exactly. Like a Jolly Rancher cherry should taste. This is okay. It is heinously sweet. I'm eating this right now. It is sickeningly sweet. It is so artificial, and it's just right. It is. They literally took a liquid, they melted a pop tart. Yeah. Put it on top. They melted of a Jolly the, Rancher. 
I'm sorry, melted a Jolly Rancher, right. spread it on top of a pop chart, spread it on dried, waited for it to cool, wrapped it up. This is exactly what a pop tart with a Jolly Rancher should taste like. Yeah. And for some reason, it's good. It's good. This is not a breakfast food. I'm sorry. Oh my sorry. god! This so is a disgusting. dessert. It's, yes. This should <laughs> never be advertised as a breakfast no, food. No, 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 no. And I mean, even in in this case, and I I don't I don't eat a lot of other pop tarts, but in this case, there's also something just about just one of these is two hundred calories. There's also something about the shell of it, the 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 uh, the 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 red shell, the candy shell on it, that also to me tastes a little bit harder than on a regular pop tart. And I suspect they wanted to like add a little crunch to give like a little Jolly Ranch. No, or I something feel like it, it has the same. You think that's the regular standard shell? This is the vi- okay. this is the regular right. standard. Yeah, I might have been searching a little bit too much there, but you know, I just I I think this thing is balls to the walls dope. I say kudos to Jolly Rancher Pop Tarts. I bought those at the Kellogg store down um, on Seventeenth Street. Oh, I saw that which there's is a Kellogg store. A pretty cool place to hang out. Pretty cool I place saw to it be. And I, and I judged yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's you in should Union judge Square. It. It's in Union Square. It's at the top of Union Square. Yeah. It looks, here's why you should judge it. Because it looks and feels like an Instagram museum. That's exactly what Gio and I said. But, we... they, but they also sell awesome food. Okay. We... And like stuff that you wouldn't find other places. Here's the thing. I live like seven blocks from Union That's Square. That's true. You do. Never go there. But Gio and I wanted to go see Mary Poppins Returns. And we walked to that AMC on 20th Street, mm-hmm. past Union Square. And we, I'm like, Kellogg's store? the fuck was that before? Like, where did that come That's from? That's never been anything. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of worth a stop, though. Stop in right. the next time you're in Union Square. You should pick up another box of those. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if they come out with other Jolly Rancher flavors. Because, listen, I'd love to see a Jolly Rancher green apple. Sour apple? I was just oh going to green apple. Yeah. <laughs> it's the next one I was going to say. It was, I, I, I swear to God, I was, I was like total, with you there. Total synchronicity. Uh, so our last uh, topic of the day, uh, since we've given you that wonderful snack report plus a, uh, a dazzling DD story. Um, You're right. I, I will have to go for a run tonight after eating all this <laughs> shit. Um, is, uh, well, it's, it's coming to us courtesy of wife of the podcast, Pauline, who was recently cleaning out her uh, her bookshelves. Is over, she Marie Condoing her over books? Over at her school. No, no, no. She was just getting to some much. Oh, needed, they're from her school. Some much needed spring cleaning from her school. Yeah, these are books that were left over by other teachers, other other psychologists, whatever, what have you. Um, and she just felt like she'd bring things home to her, you know, poor DOE uh, public school teacher uh, husband. And see if he wanted them. And I, I found a few to bring to school, definitely. And I found a few others to bring here I to can't the wait. Podcast. Gabe has not shown me these beforehand. So tonight I present uh, two, two stories from this uh, dreaded bookshelf um, for Diana's exposure. Uh, the first one being a Fontes and Pinnell classic, Our Teacher, Mr. Brown. Is this a is this a, an assessment reader? This is by Daniel. This is by Sula Daniel. No, but is this by the... Nancy Sheehan? Now I'm looking at it, Diana, and it does say it is an assessment system one. Oh god! Yes, this is a Fontes and Pinnell benchmark assessment. So Fontes and Pinnell. This is level D. Oh, okay. I don't read this one much because I'm in kindergarten. We don't get really up to D. Right. So Fontes and Pinnell is 
Is it a curriculum or is it more of an assessment tool? We use it as an assessment tool. I don't think I don't think many people use it as a curriculum. I think most people. So if you want to know where your kids tool. are at in reading mm-hmm. in school, you pull out this box, this Fontes and Pinnell. It's like Gail Pinnell and Gloria. F- I don't know. I've never known their first. There are two women that started this whole thing. You pull out their readers. You read the book with the kid, and there's also like. Basically, like a testing guide. There's like a, a sheet that a you sheet have. that you have yeah. to check off. Yeah, that you fill and out. And then it tells you it's based on how the kid did for each word, each line, and their fluency or whatever. Right. You like basically give them a grade, and then you know what level they're on. A, B, C. You're saying this is the D. So this is like a late, like advanced kindergarten slash early fir- first grade book. In a D book, we're expecting multiple sentences on each page. We're expecting multiple lines. You're expecting lines. like early first grade for this. Totally. Or, yeah. Totally. But Early to mid first grade. But what I want In private school, more like kindergarten, depending on the private school. But what I want to draw your attention to is Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown is not brown. Well, first of all, he's not brown. And Definitely there's no brown children out. on the cover either. Sure. But... These images are, are going to be really, I think, the the thing that you want to describe to the audience at home, Diana. Okay. Because they are uh, pretty, do you, do you, pretty. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna do shocking. a read aloud. I think I'm gonna to do me? a little read aloud for you. I so this to, is again. I think I need to get closer. Our to teacher, Mr. Brown. First page. Mr. Let me my see name. Can I get a little? <laughs> I just want to get an age. This is where I'm gonna say Mr. Brown is like 27. This is where Carl introduces himself as the narrator here. And and tells us uh, who his teacher is. Are we reading this whole thing? I, I I'd just like you to describe the picture, really. It's this little boy. The, the narrator is Carl, who is a little boy. I would say Carl is about six and a half to seven years old. And he is introducing his teacher. He's pointing to his teacher, who's sitting at a desk, wearing a bright blue polo shirt with an apple on it. Surrounded by children's artwork. So I and I just want to very add, public school setting, cinder block walls. Oh my god! And I linoleum just, floor. I want to add. There's something about the way these photographs have been taken that everybody looks like they're green screened in. Yes. Even though that would be insane yes. to do. Right. So, like it'd be cheaper to go to a school <laughs> and take the photo. It'd be cheaper to animate this thing than to have it. Yeah, he look definitely wasn't there. So, so Diana's now turning to my favorite page. This is the oh, next page. Oh, this is a great one. Okay. Right, I'm just going to read page Please four. Please read this whole page. Mr. Brown reads books to us. We like the books. Now, it's Mr. Brown sitting um, crisscross applesauce on the rug. Right. Car- Carl is there. Carl is definitely there. He's like leaning forward. He's pointing to a picture. I believe that's a Leo Leone book he's reading. Okay. Uh, and he's pointing to a robin, and he's like, oh! and all the kids are like, wow! Right. Now, can I, can I, can I grab this? Sure, sure. Are you, are you noticing that there, there's a bookshelf next to them? Yeah. And there's a book titled Hiding let me on see. the bookshelf? Let me see, let me see. Hiding. Oh, they're all Fontes and Pinnell books on well, the shelf. Well, they're all Fontes and Pinnell assessment books. But there's a book titled Hiding, and now if you look above Mr. Brown... There is a panel clearly showing bloody handprints. It's is it, there not? Th- it's, there is it's an pictures entire of kids, board of bloody handprints. It's a picture above of kids' handprints, and they're all in pink, but they do look like blood. I'm just telling you, there are like six books on that bookshelf, 
Mr. Brown has been reading to these kids about hiding and the importance of hiding kids. And then there are bloody handprints on the wall. I'm just I'm just painting All right, well, you folks a picture of this assessment. Next. Diana continues. Mr. Brown helps us write stories. We like to write stories. We like to read the stories to him. Now, my favorite part about this page is they're writing the stories. However, behind them, once again, there's more happening is behind them. There's a green there, screened there bulletin board. There's a green screened in bulletin board. Now, the bulletin board is crazy because the kids have written words on top of their pictures, which has never been done in the history of education. No, you it's always at the bottom. You don't write words at the top. You write words at the bottom. Everyone Everybody knows, knows that. that. But then there's one picture that looks insane that's clearly of Mr. Brown. But it, it says, says Miss, Mr. Brown. But then a few pictures over, there's a picture that says teacher. And it's clearly a, a woman. female teacher. Indicating that Mr. Brown is not actually their teacher. Okay. Mr. Brown is just somebody who comes in to read to them. This is a really... And make bloody handprints with them. It's a really interesting choice for a word wall. Anyway, um... <laughs> Oh, and it's it's back. The word wall's back. Yes, the word wall makes a second appearance. Mr. Page eight. Mr. Brown helps us read books. We like to read books to him. <laughs> he's also reading the book. Read. Oh, he's reading the book. So it looks like what they're doing. I'm Diana, sorry. The teacher never be... actually has his own copy Diana, of the reader. It looks like they should be doing guided reading. And in guided reading, you might have a copy of the book. You might. But but it would also probably be facing the kids, and you might be reading it upside down. It's not facing you as though the, you are the, Billy Madison in first grade. The only, he does look like Billy Madison reading. <laughs> the only time I would ever use my own text is to show them how to track words. Right. I would actually right, you're do modeling it. the tracking. Right. That is the only only and then but then after that i would take their finger and make them do it like hold their hand literally all right another favorite coming up now we're outside and we're playing in the oh you know what oh no sorry sorry it's painting pictures but this picture isn't that the, there's nothing in the painting picture now we're going outside no, like to, to play with pictures. ball we like to draw pictures mr brown helps us oh okay page 12 is where it's at it's where it's at it's also those khakis and possibly so read like, us. Where is like no, no, what kind us, of playground is this? Read us the words. It's like someone's backyard. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Brown plays games with us. We like to play ball. Okay. So in the picture, if I can describe it, Carl yeah. is throwing the ball Carl. to Mr. Brown. Yes. The other three children in the class are standing and watching and cheering. They're clearly not in the game at all. Well, maybe they're in a circle and they're getting waiting for it to get past eh, them. I don't know. Mr. Brown looks like he is fleeing from the ball. No, he looks like, like he's trying it's... to catch it. Okay. He looks like he's trying to catch it. He's like, <gasps> like looking up at the sky. Carl obviously threw it too high. <laughs> oh, that's what you're getting out of this. Yeah. To me, Mr. Carl Brown. Carl threw it too high and Mr. Brown has to now catch it and it's too high. To me, Mr. Brown looks like he's either trying to catch, um, a water balloon in his hands. You know, okay. he's like getting ready to like cradle something in an appropriate way. Or he just saw the flash of an atomic bomb in the sky and his hands are going up over his head and he's frozen in an O face of like, oh my God, this is how I die. That's all, right. all I'm getting from that. And then, also the other kids are watching in horror. 
Then the last two pages is a review so the kids can really work on their comprehension. Right. We like our school. We like to read books. We like to write stories. We like to play ball. He also looks insane here again. Oh, another ball page where it looks complete. Yes, he's throwing that. He's throwing it to the crowd, and clearly they're all just going to run headlong into each other. He's also, There's no game at all. He's also reading the book again. But he's reading the book even better this time. He's tracking the words. <laughs> he's using the same system I do. All right, last page. We like our teacher, comma, Mr. Brown. He has his hands folded. He has a coffee cup. Yes. It, this pose is meant to say... A generic blue coffee cup. This pose that he's making on this desk, this again, this green screened in desk and green screened in uh, bulletin board, is it's, meant to say, I have never eaten a child before. It's also, but it somehow says the opposite. This is like, I'm a nice guy Tinder picture. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I won't ask you to put anything in my butt Tinder picture. Can you put this book picture. in the show notes page? Like, can you put, like, JPEGs? I don't know. I, I can put it on the Patreon. It will go on. I'll put I'll put JPEGs of the of the book on the Patreon. Or do a read-aloud for the Patreon on YouTube? I, I'll do both. I'll I mean, absolutely I'll, do I'll both. fucking film it for you right We can definitely make a YouTube read-aloud yeah. of, of Fontes and Pinnell benchmarks, <laughs> since clearly this is a, a gift uh, that's going to keep on giving. You know, you know what's the funniest part? I'm literally probably... I have actually really advanced readers in my class. I'm going to be whipping this out probably oh. in the next week. Oh, you're definitely going to see it. And I'm going to, like, yeah. shit my pants. Yeah, before... When you do assessments right before spring break, you're going to see... I am. That's you're what gonna I'm see, doing. Yeah, you're going to see them. You're going to see it. I'm doing it next week. So our our next book and last uh, segment of the night is is a Diana special. I could not do this book, Diana, without you. There are a couple I'm of so rules. Excited. There are a couple of rules. Okay, this is I'll not a Fontes and Pinnell reader. Okay. This is... In fact, a Star Wars book. Oh my God. Again, this would be a little bit advanced. Maybe it's a, a, a mid to late first grader. Is More it a likely, book? it's a second grader. It's not a golden book. I don't Is think. it one of those? I can it's read. a DK reader. I, can, DK reader. I can read or read with me, um, like level one or two or this, something. This is uh, so the rules are there are dog eared pages. You just read the dog-eared pages. Okay. That's, those are the rules, because these, these are the hot pages with lots to dissect. Okay. The book is titled, Star Wars, What is a Wookiee? Oh, well, this is, must be nonfiction. <laughs> this is nonfiction. That's exactly right. This is a nonfiction book. This is treating the world of Star Wars as though right. the creatures in it are real. Yes, and this like, is Yeah. I'm looking at this book, yeah. and this is being modeled... As a non-fiction right. reader right. in a fictional world. Right. It, that it, is exactly what this I'm is, getting as the This is what the we would call a high-interest read, right? <laughs> you would give this to the kid that's kind of struggling, but you know they love Star, Star Wars, Wars, so right. they're going to be interested in reading now. this? This is coming, well, it's from DK, so it's Discovery. Oh, it's from DK. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And Lucas Books. Um, oh, they teamed up. So it is. It's beginning. DKX Lucas books. You got it. It's beginning to read level one. Yes. Yeah, so I knew so exactly what we were getting. I'm into. gonna spoil part of it in saying this book is not what a Wookiee is or what is a Wookiee. This book is like what is everybody? Okay. okay. It's like C3PO giving us sort of a tour to oh, the stars. Okay. Um, oh, a so, tour to the stars. You mean Star Tours? The ride? So, so I, I, do, do you have a C3PO voice that you can do for for this, or or do you want me to rock the C3PO on you page one? You can do one? the gay French. All right, horn. I'm gonna try He's to a do. Gay French horn. That's what C3PO is. My name is C3PO. Come on, I am a droid. I am a talking machine. 
I live far, far away in space. Lots of creatures live here. I will be telling you about some of them. And then there's this zoomed in picture. As we said, they're pretending to be nonfiction that just says space, but it's clearly black with a bunch of stars in it and kind of confusing. It's literally like the the fourth asteroid belt that goes like... (laughs) Oh my god, that's ridiculous. Okay, so Diana is now reading from the next dog-eared page. This is the Chewy page. Do I read in my C-3PO yeah. voice? Oh, whatever. No, you can No, you can read it however okay. you want. I just need to read the C-3PO page. Meet Chewbacca. He is, he is a tall, furry alien called a Wookiee. I didn't realize Wookiee had two E's. <laughs> Did you know that? No, not really. Do I read the next page? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the best friend of Han Solo. Who is a human? They fly a spaceship together. Sometimes I ride with them. And then they have (laughs) one of those like side like figure A things that says spaceship. (laughs) It's the Millennium Falcon. Even though it's the Millennium Falcon. So a kid is clearly going to point at that and go Millennium Falcon. Right. Wait, before you before you breeze through that one. So love the way that they. I need to know when this is published. Love. This is all like episodes. It's episode one stuff. We're gonna no, get no, to no. No, this episode four, five, and six stuff. Uh, you're gonna find out it's episode one stuff in oh, a minute. Hold I on. I just saw. I just hold saw on. Dax. Yeah. The hold on. Um, but, Dex. Dex. Sorry, Dex. But love and the way. Sebulba. Love. Oh, we're getting to a Sebulba page. Love the way. You see, you're breaking the rules already. You're sorry. going to other pages. I just want to see when it was published. Love the way that they're downgrading uh, uh, Chewbacca there. Who doesn't just fly with his friend Han Solo? He has a job. He's right. the navigator, He's motherfucker. The <laughs> also, these He's are the, the worst co-pilot. production stills they could have chosen, <laughs> oh, and no one even bothered to to like Photoshop these for brightness terrible. contrast. They're terrible. And horrible. And I think it's safe In to say all original seventies glory. Like you couldn't Photoshop these photos. I think it's safe to say that Chewbacca is definitely Han Solo's best friend. I don't know if Han is Chewie's best friend. Like, Chewie's also got, like, a planet of Chewbacca's that he could go be hanging out with. Yeah. But, like, Han has clearly Wookie, isolated himself from Wookie everybody planet? else. Hold on, I know the name of the Wookiee planet. Kashyyyk. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Pulled that one out of your ass. Yeah. All right, go to the next page. Next, okay, next, next, next dog here. Okay. <laughs> Fucking hell, Gabe. Now the, say hello to Jar Jar Binks. Say hello to the most hated character in every known literary universe. Not just Star Wars. Also, I didn't realize how thick Jar Jar Binks is. Yo, Jar Jar Yo, is thick with two ass. C's. Jar Jar. He is thick with two C's. Look at that ass. And he's wearing like, he's wearing yoga pants, okay? Like, he's wearing some form-fitting he's ass pants. He's wearing like 2002 yoga pants. <laughs> He also has like, it's not a sweatshirt tied around his waist. It's an actual skirt. Jar Jar, Jar, Jar legit looks like a basic bitch. I mean, no, he does. He, he, does. he really does. Okay. All right, please continue. Say hello to Jar Jar Binks. He is a friendly alien. Jar Jar comes from an underwater city. On land, Jar Jar is always falling over. <laughs> it doesn't say that. He uses his long tongue to catch food to eat. 
What was the name of that underwater city? I don't remember, but this is just so bothering me because nothing about the Jar Jar character makes any sense. I mean, again, besides being the again, worst character that is ever a invented. Shitty production still from 01. Why would a character that lives underwater have a long tongue? That did, like, they, did they not think about this at all? That doesn't make any sense. To grab the food from underwater? That's not a that's not an adaptation that has ever existed in water. In water. Right? Like a frog doesn't use its tongue underwater. It uses its tongue like are we saying he's amphibious? You are so right. What is going on? They didn't think this through. It's driving Bespin. me batshit. Bespin is the planet, right? No Naboo. No Naboo. He's from Naboo. Oh, yeah, the Naboo. city. Yes, yes. But you're right. I don't know the what city's the on Naboo. The city is called. It's yeah. on the planet Naboo, right. which has the yellow ships. Try me, bitch. All right. Okay. Next, oh, next dog. Not water. Oh, we're skipping the water. We're skipping Watto. There's so much better. You, you already guessed who's next. Oh, you already knew Sebulba. we were coming to Sebulba. Wait, wait, wait. Now it's time to meet Sebulba, which they phonetically spell Sebulba. It's not Sebulba. No, Sebulba. it's Sebulba. It's Sebulba. actually exactly the way it's spelled. Right. So they didn't need the phonetics, but no. whatever. Also, what kid is going to use the phonetic spelling? This is, again, for, like, a first grader. So... Okay. Oh, wait. The, I, I actually didn't realize that all of Sebulba's appendages were feet. Which is why we're on this page to begin with. Sebulba is also a horribly constructed alien. Right, because he's just going to topple over. Yeah, he's got... So, he's got two feet that only... He's got two legs that have shins... And ankles connected to them. And yeah, the yeah. shin then goes directly into his pelvis. He has a shin. A shin then his and a arm. Thigh. Yeah, no, then his arm he has is. a shin. Right. A shin and a thigh attached to a forearm. Right. With a foot. Oh, right. Then the, 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 the arm has two joints. It's not right. just an elbow, it's a knee and an elbow. Yeah, it's a, sh it's a thigh. Right. A shin. Right. And a forearm. Right. With a foot at the end. Right, and those are his arms, but his legs but are just shins. But his legs shins. are really tiny. His yeah. legs are just shins. Like, how like, does he bend his, he doesn't have knees? Like he's grandpa in like, King of the Hill. Like his, like his shins were shot you know off what? by, you know, a, a Japanese fighter. This is why he was in a pod racer the whole time? We've never seen him That's walk. Right, so that's meant to be the gag here, obviously. Like that he was like built, like he's some sort of mixture between a jockey and a horse somehow right. at the same time. Like he's, but he's light. But he's just the jockey. But he's, but he's just the, the jockey. But also, why'd they decide to make him a leather daddy at the same time? Well, because he's, he's riding, he's going fast in a pod racer. Okay, does he need to have the Prince Albert that's like coming off his dangle there? Like there's oh God, clearly... He has, you're right, he has there's, jewels on his dick. He has a jeweled, he has a bejeweled like pierced dick. What the fuck is I that? I never saw him standing up outside the pod. This is grotesque. Do you not think any child is going to point between his legs? Creepy. Point between his legs and say, what is that? It attaches him to the pod racer, maybe? <laughs> so it doesn't wait, fall out? Wait, that also kind of makes the pod race really sexually stimulating for him. <laughs> like... <laughs> okay. It's actually his uh, what, what, his Sybil machine or he whatever. Has some like Jack Sparrow dreads on the side of his head. Ugh, hideous. Fucking episode one, you were a nightmare. Okay, the worst. Now Still haunting our children today. I know, and they some some of them think it's great. Haven't they suffered enough? No. Now it's time to meet Sebulba. 
this nasty alien races in a vehicle called a pod racer, which is one word, by the way. <laughs> Thought that would have been two. All right. <laughs> he likes to go fast. So Bulba would do anything to win. He will even throw things at other pod racers. Then yeah. there's a figure that's massive says, eye roll. Pod racer. Massive eye roll. With a little picture of Thanks a pod Thanks for racer. shoehorning pod racing in there, guys. We really needed that on top <sighs> of all this other episode one garbage. I gotta say, when I'm on so I don't know when we go when you go on Star Tours at Disney, it's randomized right. like the scenes you get. Right. So <clears throat> I've been on the Wookiee planet only three times. Once in Japanese, twice in English. Okay. Uh, I've been on Hoth a bunch. You always go to Jakku now because that's like the newest movie. Right. You go to Naboo and you do go to Jabba's underwater uh-huh. city. Uh-huh. You go to Coruscant. Um, but when I get the pod racing scene. You I actively throw up. always roll my eyes like, ugh. Yeah, you have pod to. pod racing scene. All right, let's move it along. Move got, it along. We've got another good one coming up. Okay. Buzz droids or pit droids. Skipping them. Yas! Yas Queen. Who is it? It is everyone's favorite alien slug. Sir Jabba. Jabba the Hutt. Sir Jabba. Okay. Knighted by the Queen. Which Gabriel and I took a photo with. (laughs) We did. We took a a saucy photo. (laughs) It was my cover photo for so long on Facebook. It's a good photo. All right. Tell us about Jabba. Jabba the Hutt. Which, by the way, is with two T's. Jabba the Hutt is a nasty alien. By the way, that's the second time there's nasty alien in this book. Yeah, there's a lot of nasty alien. You're exactly right. And the fact that we're even using the word alien in in a, in a, a place show. Where everyone's alien. Correct, correct. As though humans are the, like, dominant or superior which species, not, which right. they're clearly not. Like... Very troubling stuff, but continue because I, I like the way they describe Jabba here. Jabba is a Jabba the Hutt is a nasty alien. He has a fat body and a long tail. His body is covered in sticky slime. So okay, now pause there. Jabba the Hutt is a nasty alien, but we don't need to fat shame him <laughs> or body shame him. He's not nasty because he's fat. He's nasty because he's a slave trader who, like, encases people in whatever the fuck it is. And also uses hot young women as sex slaves. Oh, he has sex slaves. He, He, that's right, he has a harem of caged women. That he keeps on leashes. He is disgusting on so many levels. It's not because he's fat. He's just fat because he's ostentatious. Like, he just lives an opulent lifestyle. That's not the disgusting part. Yeah, I mean, his hookah's pretty much the coolest thing ever. Okay, Jabba's eyes are red and yellow, and his (laughs) breath is smelly. What are these details for? These are not salient points. Like, tell me about the little guy that lives on Jabba. (laughs) Who's that little guy who lives on him? Salacious Crumb. Yeah. Tell us about Salacious. (laughs) (laughs) He's insane. Uh, By the way, I love that 
Like in all the other books, when they, all the other pages, when they show the figures of Spaceship Podraiser. This one is just a side picture that says tail. Tail, tail is the vocabulary word for that page. Was that the tail in the, in the redux? Where it looks like the tail that was following Han around. Like Han had and, to walk yes, over? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> any last words for Jabba? Yes. When I ran the Disneyland Star Wars half my second time, yeah. I ran as Jabba the Hutt. Oh, nice. And I got a 90s Star Wars like beanie babies of Salacious Crumb uh-huh. on my shoulder. Perfect. I made a giant tail that I ran in. Right. Uh, and I had this like whole like green out. It was great. It's I'll fantastic. I got to see it. I happened, actually, my costume was so popular that the Star Wars official posted a picture of me from the race. Shit, damn. Star Wars official. They didn't know who I was when they took it. Some, like, official photographer right. took it. Right, So I wasn't tagged or anything, but I was there. All right. Do we have any other dog ears in this bad boy? I think we do. I think oh I have to. Oh, my God. Dexter, the diner owner from Which, episode two. Who knows why that's in there? No. Um, okay, can I read this one? Okay. You absolutely may. Okay. Uh, you are the host, after this, all. This is very important to me because I've made a discovery that I, I need to pass by Diana. Uh, this page would be about Jawas. Jawas are small creatures with shiny yellow eyes. Yes. Their faces are hidden under the hoods of their brown cloaks. These little aliens find droids and bits of machines to sell. Once, they even sold R2-D2. Now, what I want to point out here is this discovery that I feel I've made. Um, When I read the line, these little aliens find droids and bits of machines to sell, for some reason, all I could think was, obviously, these are like the gypsies of the Star Wars universe. Sure, sure. But then I started even, yeah. yeah. But then I started even looking at the name of the alien Jawas. It's a little close to Jew for me. I started to think, oh, now wait a second, are these the Jews that are so shrouded, like their face should they not work be at seen? B&H. They sell machinery. They they need to cover their faces because they don't want to be recognized as being, you know, of this tribe. They're even wearing, like, gloves to, like, you know, say, like, oh, no, don't look at me. Right, right. And then they find, like, little bits of machine and, like, shiny things, like diamonds to sell. You know, like, portable, like, wealth that they can right. pass off here and there. I don't know. I just started to get really freaked out about the Jawas and their, like, kind of isolation from the rest of the Star Wars, Star Wars universe. universe. I don't know. It was freaking me out a little, man. I'm not saying they're Jews. I'm not saying they're gypsies. I mean, I'm definitely saying they're gypsies. But what's going on with the Jawas? Can we get to the bottom of this? I don't know, but I think you should read the figure page where it's <laughs> of pod racer or spaceship. It says or hood. Tail. Hood. Hood. Tail. And it's just a brown hood. Yeah. Pretty, pretty weird stuff. This is what I'm they saying. They could have just taken R2-D2 and put him in there, but whatever. Saying something about these yellow, these shiny yellow eyes, I you know, know, something about it. I'm just hearing like Borat in the background, like, you know. That was before LEDs. You know, who, who knows how they put those in there? I'm just hearing Borat, you know, I'm seeing Borat in, uh, in night vision, like, oh, look, look, the Jews have turned themselves into cockroaches. They're crawling under the door. Ah! 
I don't know. Something about it. Driving me wild. But anyway, uh, we're not even going to get to Ewoks. Uh, that's going to do it for what is a Wookiee. I hope that, Diana, you learned as much as I did from this DK uh, easy reader. Well, you know, it really inspired me because the next, when next I do a D report. Yeah. I will be celebrating May the 4th at Disney World. Fair enough. With all of my Star Tours friends when I worked at Star Tours. So that's going to be a good D report. Do you have, are you are you costuming? Are you cosplaying for May no, the 4th? No, because what, my first job at Disney, I worked at the Star Wars ride. Right. At Star Tours. Right. So I still have a lot of friends that work there. And May the 4th happens to be on a Saturday, so I can be around excellent, for it. Excellent, excellent. And it is, it is the springtime before they open Star Wars Land. Oh, okay. So while the crowning jewel of Star Wars is still Star Tours, yeah, where we all this is still the big. This would be the big day for it, right? We want to celebrate it as much as we can as its last crowning jewel of May the Fourth. Right, right, right. Before before it's blown away, it will be blown away into obliteration. Come August 29th. Is Star open. Tours getting moved from from where it is no, to so join? What, no. No. Okay. What's going to happen is since Star Tours is before you walk into the land, the whole part of the story is you ride Star Tours and every last scene of Star Tours from now on, the ship will land in Galaxy's Edge. Oh, okay. So the idea is your ship lands in Galaxy's Edge and then you walk you get out and across walk there. the street, right. right? Right. So the randomized scenes will still happen, but you will always land in the new Star Wars land as like, oh, propelling you, you, you on your right. journey. You, yeah, which perfect. Is, yeah, oh, that's very good Star storytelling. Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good narrative. But um, from the Slinky Dog roller coaster in Toy Story Land, yes. Right? When you get to the top, the click, 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 click to the top, you can see. Star Wars Land, uh-huh. and so when I was in Disney last month, I actually saw it from the for a split second from the top right. of the coaster. It looks dope. It's probably gonna be amazing. It looks like Star Wars. Like it just looks like Star Wars. It's amazing. Right. That's exactly what Very it needs to be for a theme park. About it. Very excited Perfect. about it. Perfect. Perfect. So. All right. Great stuff. We even got a little Disney report in there. Perfect. Yeah, a little one. Just a little one. But you know. All right. We'll so. Report back. Diana, thank you once again for being here on thank this April 1st. Me. And uh, thank you all for listening out there. Thank you for writing into us. Thank you for joining us for the Snack Bracket. Please make sure to visit us at patreon.com slash dullcrans. And, and don't at, check uh, out my April 1st um, anniversary video. April 1st anniversary video. Do you know no. what anniversary is today? What's the anniversary? Today is the official 20th anniversary of Eiffel 65's song Blue. I, oh, yes, I saw this. Um, yes. Blue, but da ba dee da ba That came out 20 years ago today on April 1st. Find this is Diana's not a video. joke. Not an April, for, April Fool's joke. No. So this happened. I was very excited about it, so I enlisted my entire extended family on my mom's side to do a music video with me. Um, I'm going to say it's like... It's getting pretty viral today. <laughs> like that song I might be a, coming I think back. 195 <laughs> views is kind of a success in one day. Uh, so it'll be in the show notes page. Definitely, we you will, could see, we will hyperlink. You could to see that. an Italian, an American Italian family cover an Italian disco tech song. It's an amazing so, song. Yeah. You're bringing it back in 2019. 
1990, April 1st, 1999. That's going to do it for us. So uh, join us again next time, and uh, we'll see you later. The Dull Crayons is a free and independent podcast supported by listeners like you. To show us support and keep us free, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dullcrayons and write into us at dullcrayons at gmail.com. Along with our hosts for this episode, we'd like to thank Jesse Katz and Gwen Gallitzer for the theme music and Colin Matthews for the logo.